On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us. Hey, and thanks to Finey again. Um, as always, a great show, very interesting listening, especially the last hour or so uh, with the wonder years. And uh, good on uh, Fine, uh, not Finey, Milney and Zanners as well, as always. Uh, Finey will be back tomorrow from 7. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Yes, and uh, Warren, you're, you've got your rant ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's I'll, rant I'll, ready. I'm actually... You know Ooh. how you mentally... You're in, cooking one. You mentally rehearse one in your brain. Oh, right. You, and yeah, I'm yeah. trying to do two things at once, which is trying to think about what I'm going to say, mm. which is more than what I normally do. So multitasking. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see how we go. No, I'm glad I asked. And um, Carlos Alberto, <laughs> yeah. welcome to the show. He's got a melancholy rant coming. Yeah. It's uh, the first drive-by And, and, hi, the and hi to you too, Marie. <laughs> yes. She's always the gun listener. Our only listener. On you, Marie. Our only listener, and we love you. Absolutely. Um, precious. Z- precious, Marie. Look, uh, 0433981116. Uh, if you want to communicate with the Diego's, that's a very good way mm. to do it, like Marie. Prove to us there's more than one listener. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 94291116 is the SMS. Vinny Venezuela, what's the Twitter account? The Twitter account is at Four Diego's. Well done. You are our Twitter man. I wasn't ready for that one, uh, Rodrigo, no, but no. it is at Four Diego's. Just keeping everyone on their toes tonight because we've got a lot to get through. We're Absolutely. going to catch up with uh, Mike McGrath a little bit later on. As I said, Warren's rant. We've got Vinny Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. We've got a heap yep. to talk about tonight. But, um, boys, uh, the hot topic. I heard you cooking one up before as I was doing the weather. Yes, and uh, <laughs> Vinny gave it a very, very apt name. The In Ange We Trust Hot Hotline. topic? Hotline? Hot topic. Doesn't matter. You can hit oh, us yeah. on the SMS or the, give us a call. Uh, now, Ange Postacoglu, what a champ. He has been uh, announced as the uh, coach of the year in Asia at the recent AFC Awards. And uh, the question I ask people out there by way of a hot topic, is he already the greatest Australian coach we've ever had? Wow. I mean, that sounds a really, really... Big, big statement. Mm -hmm. But he's already taken us to a World Cup. Already taken us and won an Asian Asian Cup. Cup. He's cruising through the qualifiers. I know we had a bit of a hiccup against Jordan. But for me... He's doubled the squad, Carlos. He's doubled the squad. We used to have 11 players. Now we've got absolutely 48 we're, we're ready to go. Wash, we're awash with young Australians. <laughs> we've got you too many play? now, thanks to Ange. In fact, I think he has led the way in many areas. Yes. Uh, the, the girls, the W, uh, sorry, the uh, Matildas are, are firing up because of what the Socceroos have done. Even the rugby team was inspired by the Socceroos. Uh, I reckon that he is uh, our greatest Australian coach ever already. The answer's no for me. <laughs> and I, no. Well, text and, it in, 0433 yep. I don't want to hear about it. And okay. not, that, um, not that my opinion's relevant, but he didn't qualify his own team for a World Cup. Oh, no, it's not his team. Yeah, okay. So it's not his team. He turned everyone over, had kids in there. No, no, but he didn't he quali- cut the dead he wood. Don't you qualified. remember everyone, all the old blokes, they were all upset, they were all retired. So, 
He hasn't qualified a team. So you're saying... You sound like Susie O'Brien right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying that uh, once he qualifies for the next one, he makes the cut. Once he he qualifies his own team for the World Cup, he's the best Sorry, there you look like Rebecca Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're just a blogger. You're you're a blogger on air. You're an air blogger. You're a social media commentator on air. Know nothing about the game. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You know, There's a hot topic in that, but uh, <laughs> let's go with the Ange one. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. With your lads, says Andy and Kilsyth. Hey, on you, Andy. Yes, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, and thanks for joining us. It's uh, ten past eleven. Yes, it's time for Q and A with uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez. <laughs> I love the way you are so uncomfortable You've with that title. You've yourself again. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Well, you know, it's the title. It's the title. I've got to honour the title. Yeah. You guys thought about it, and uh, that's what it is. Look, hey, hey, guys, only one question today. About, well, more than one question, yeah. but about this particular yeah. topic. But the tradition continues. Um, mm. Another controversial article by Susie O'Brien in the Herald Sun uh, calling, you know, it was all about fan behaviour and calling some fans suburban terrorists which uh, was basically stoke the fire and fueled the fire again. Uh, I don't want to talk about that too much because there's yep. been a lot of talk about that, but uh, it's just another person that hasn't, you know, really yeah. experienced ignorant. the, the, it's, yeah, the, igno- uh, the uh, A-League environment um, having a say. So, but we talked about that. But re- what I really want to talk about with you boys tonight is the press conference that David Gallup did. Yeah. What I, I, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> what was the motivation behind his press conference yesterday? Because he is normally. Well, you, can you give us a bit of a description of what you thought the press conference, uh, what the what it, what it looked like for you, Rodders? Well, it it looked like an edict from above. <laughs> you know, it looked like um, uh, it looked like a, the CEO basically, yeah. um, who we all thought was going to defend the game and defend the fans, which. We were hoping he would do just even just a little bit. He didn't need to say much. He needed to just basically come out and say, we love our fans. You know, we understand what they're doing, but now it's time to move on. Uh, he said that, but then he then he actually started talking about that, you know, we've got this um, appeals uh, policy, but if, uh, if people want to appeal, they need to prove that they didn't do it. So the burden of proof then was back on the fans. So, so where, where was he? Where was he? And I'll throw this open to the panel. Where was he left wanting in this press conference. Empathy. Empathy, love, <laughs> a little bit of uh, humility. I think humility would have been nice. It's mm. just saying, listen, we, we may have mismanaged this a little bit. Uh, we stand by most of our decisions. We need to review what we've been doing because, yes, quite rightly, uh, we, are in it, we need to open it up and make it more democratic and fair. But, uh, and there is no excuse for the media being leaked this information and we should follow up with that ASAP and and find some names for people because we're just as outraged as anyone else. The title of this segment is Q&A with Rodrigo Rodriguez. So that wasn't going to be my question. The question is, what was his motivation (laughs) behind that? What was his motivation behind that press conference? Because it it just reeked of... um, he, He... there are there are competing yeah. interests here, and and he just didn't want to go all out and say something because he thought maybe, you know, he he was protecting something else. Well, I mean, I think there's one thing for me: the lines of demarcation between the head of the A League in Damien DeBowen and the head of the FFA, David Gallup. Because if you saw David uh, Damien DeBowen on um, the game yeah. on 
after so the game shootout, shootout, shootout yeah. on Sunday night. He was basically saying he'd walk with he'd yeah. walk with Bozza with the fans that the the appeals process probably wasn't well known enough and they needed to do something about it and there was a sense that we'd allow everyone to appeal and then David Gallup comes out. My overriding sense is he believes that there's a problem in the game around the fans and around fan behaviour and it's not the first time as a CEO that he's stared down difficult issues and he's been prepared to have a hard line that really has displayed not a lot of empathy. But and Warren, why, or Susie, why, <laughs> why did he not condemn the Rebecca Williams, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. I've forgotten the name already, <laughs> Ellen Jones and Susie O'Neill, no, Susie O'Brien, <laughs> of these of this world writing what they do. I mean, well, the first I describing think... our fans as terrorists, even the worst ones. I mean, that's just so ridiculous. I think he finds he feels that he's in a position that if he defends them. He's perhaps condoning some of the action, which he understands no, he probably can't not do. No, there are pains to say that zero tolerance is zero tolerance. And I agree. There's not negotiables there. But certainly, he should have come out and condemned. I, I was really underwhelmed hmm. with, uh, with his approach. It was a perfect opportunity to really galvanise everyone. If he came out and just did a Simon Hill, did a uh, even, even Robson today, um, you know, Anthony DiPietro from Mel- yeah. I mean, they all came out all guns blazing against these pathetic articles that are written, but still recognising that there is issues in the game that we need to sort out. Yeah, I think he didn't want to give it more air than he than it, than it's already take gotten for for the, those reasons. Even though he's got fans yeah, he's, that are waiting he's him at, to he's speak at the up. Top, he's at the pointy yeah, end, Vinny. Yeah. He should have come out stronger. But but the point is, Carlos, he should have come out stronger sooner. That's yes. right. Absolutely, no, that's true. That's yeah. true. We we want to talk about uh, other things that have been happening in the game, of course. But Marcus in South Melbourne uh, has called. G'day, Marcus. Welcome to the Four Diego's. Hello, Diego's. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank uh, you. It's- very quickly, uh, seeing as you've all got very exotic South American names, I was trying to think how Marcus McPherson could become a Diego, <laughs> and I finally worked it out. Come on. I can be Rodriguez McGregor, the red hair, <laughs> who played for Argentina, didn't he? Do you any of yes. you remember him? Yes, you are, you, you're spot on there, Marcus. But Rodrigo's but, taken. Yeah, but we've got, a, we've got a Scottish franchise <laughs> anyway, mate, so you can be part of that. And a ringer. That's cool. That's cool. Look, I think David Gallup has brought the problem down on his own head. You can only say that I've heard it anecdotally within the media, and this is hypothetical, but the original leak was said to have come from within the FFA or the security firm that was working for them. Well, well, there's an investigation at the moment into that, so... um you know, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see as to as to what happens. But There's a lot um, of speculation. But I'd be surprised, uh, Marcus, that if, if it came from the FFA, that's almost self defeating. I reckon. Well, I didn't. It's not said to have come from the no. FFA, but it's said to have come from a private company with the FFA's knowledge. Really? Right. Geez, so well, that's a scandal. If that if that's the case, it's a scandal because we've got the privacy, uh, the government privacy. Um, you know. Uh, uh, groups that are coming out and investigating this now too, because it's, it's a federal offence to allow this private information to be, uh, you know, publicised. And so whoever's, you know, I, I, that's what I'm, I'm really happy about. <clears throat> the fact it's gone to that level now where there's some serious investigation mm. into who leaked this now by the authorities. Gallup so, should have announced that too. He should listen. We're, we're going hard. I'm glad they're on board. Yeah, well, they've, they've suggested that, but but there's been independent articles now suggesting that there's going to be a 
privacy commissions that are looking in from federal and state level, which I'm really happy about. Let's go to, thanks for your call, Marcus. Really appreciate that. Keep on calling the Diagos. Let's go to Heath in Baronia. Wants to talk about the fan walkouts. G'day, Heath. Hey, guys. How you going? Yeah, good, um, thank you. I was just, um, speaking of the fan walkouts, they, they're well in their rights that they're able to do that. They're protesting on behalf, on behalf of everyone. But I was just listening to you boys before and you are reading about the articles. I've actually seen them myself and read them. And as far as I'm concerned, from my view... They it is just absolutely just pathetic. It's stupid. They should know more better as journalists. And calling us terrorists—that's just—I'm sorry, but that's just walking over the, over the line. And and this and single words like that is just going to bring our game to a whole new whole new low. And people will stop going. And I am absolutely just in disbelief and in outraged. But, and at the next game, I'll be walking out with them because I'm, I'm going to be showing the support to the fans and also the support to the club. So call me harsh, but that's how I see it. Good on you, Heath. Look, I, 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 um, of course, we'd all like the fans to <clears throat> be in the stadium, support the team. But I, I, don't, I don't begrudge any of the fans doing what they've done. I thought they were very, very respectful on the weekend. I thought Central Coast Mariners, you know, the Central Coast Mariners fans decided to stay there and say nothing and make no noise. And the West Sydney Wanderers decided to stage the walkout. But I thought it was all done respectfully. Yep. Do what you need to do. It would be great if everyone could stay and sort out their issues. But this is really deep now. It's really deep. And uh, I don't know, the next move is the FFA's move. And it'll be interesting to see whether they've learnt by this. Absolutely. Um, it's time now to move on to uh, and some other news, some good news for Melbourne Victory. And, well, they've had good news uh, for a long, long time now. But uh, Bessar Parisha has signed for another two years until at least uh, 2018. Um, Warren, are you now prepared to say he, that he's the talisman? <laughs> the Melbourne... He's the Stevie Gerrard of Melbourne Victory. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, the, ta- it's, the it's, talisman. Look, it's a really smart... Melbourne Victory continue to demonstrate why they're the best club in the A-League on and off the field as far as administration is concerned. They find themselves in a position where there's not going to be any issues around where Barish is going or a possibility of another A-League club swooping swooping, or Mm. an overseas club. He's obviously happy. Get him at the top of his game. Get him before he goes into the final year of his contract. Well done to the Melbourne Victory. And Barisha, who's describing victory as almost closer to his heart than Brisbane... He's just going to continue from there. He's a guy that if he's happy, he'll like, just keep scoring. Absolutely. And he'll just keep scoring and, gra- and good move to Melbourne Victory. He gets more love here and that's why he's happier at Melbourne because yeah. he's got more fans and he can salute his way, you know, yep. home because he yep. he's just got it all here. How good was Victory today though? Ian Robson was on KB this morning and put up a fantastic uh, performance there defending his club, the fans of the A-League and addressed every one of Kevin Bartlett's hard questions today. I thought it was really compelling radio. Uh, then, uh, during their uh, business uh, victory in business lunch, 1,100 people turned up for that, and they announced at that lunch the Barisha two-year extension to the contract. They also uh, had Anthony DiPetro coming out and uh, really, really... Uh, uh, inspirational speech about uh, where the sport is right now, where the, where the game is right now, what they need to do to, to go to the next level, and also really attacked the FFA. Oh, he's with emphatic. Their, yeah, with yeah. their lack of leadership in this area. I mean, they had a wonderful day victory today as far as a club that 
in this environment, when people are saying that the crowds are down, this and that, this club is thriving right now. They were talking about having average crowds of um, 25,000 mm. right now when everyone else has got 13,000. I mean, this club is thriving. And they're saying, hey, listen, you know, we're thriving, but we need everyone else to come up to our level. Let's, let's cut this mediocrity. I think that they're, they're a wonderful example for everyone else, and they're putting aside all these issues and moving forward. I thought they were terrific today. I think Victory has, has done a particularly good job at engaging its supporter groups. I know it's had tension with, with at different times as well, but I think that right now the, the ship is sailing really smoothly for them. <laughs> there you go, Vinny. Sorry, uh, that's... Uh, I was going to ask Warren about was Scott Munn. Scott was Munn... It? What's he doing right now? Is he is he coming out and saying anything? Is Scott Munn still the chief executive? <laughs> I think he Melbourne is. Yeah, uh, he is. Also, that might have been the wrong question to ask. Okay. But um, yeah, I just thanks for letting me know. It would have been good if Scotty Munn came out and was just as strong as De Petro. Thanks for letting me know. Or even Robson. Sorry, maybe he yeah. was. He just didn't get any media. We used to, we used to talk to Scotty quite regularly, yes. Carlos, but sure. not so yes. often. Yes. Yeah. Hey, um, we've got we've got a few other topics here, but but before we go to the rant. Um, I just want to acknowledge the passing of uh, Australian legend uh, Joe Marston, actually. Mm. He died, uh, how old was he? He was um, 89. 80, 89 years 89. old. And, uh, you know, what an absolute legend. Yeah. Carlos, you, you, uh, have you, met, have you yeah, met Joe? I met Joe. I met Joe a few years ago at uh, a PFA Awards function. And uh, it was one of those ones where all the players were there. And uh, it wasn't really a, a function that was open to the public. It was just all the players and also the media, and I just happened to sneak in in, in the back way because I wasn't part of media or the players, but I was lucky to be that n- that night. It was a night where they in, uh, inducted uh, Craig Johnston into the Hall of Fame. Anyway, Craig talked about, and he actually had tears in his eyes, talking about Joe Marsden being a an inspiration to him because I think Joe was from that area, the Hunter area, and, uh, and the fact that Joe went uh, as a... Part-time football. It was actually, it was actually less than a part-time football. He was, he was playing football as a hobby in the fifties, and he was spotted by a uh, a scout from Preston North End, which is a big mm-hmm. club in England. And uh, he went over there and trialled, and, and he ended up being picked up and played in the reserves for a long time. And then uh, there was one injury in the senior team, and he went in through, and he literally played 154 games straight from there. He nearly played 200 games. Yeah, but he had 154 games, and he played in an FA Cup final in 1954 when the FA Cup final was almost as big as a World Cup. Yep. That's how big the FA Cup was in those days. They lost 3-2 on the day, but he was such a legend there at Preston that uh, after two or three years he was there, they, he wanted to come home because of homesickness. But uh, but they they really wanted him to stay, and but he still came home. But apparently Arsenal at the time, this is 1954. They they bid eighty thousand pounds for a transfer for Joe Marsden to go to Arsenal back in the fifties. Wow! Yeah, and he ended up coming back home, and he was just a legend. Played for Australia thirty seven or thirty eight times, and you know coached. Him. I mean, he did everything in the sport. Such a humble. Humble bloke, though. And, of course, the best player in the A-League uh, Grand Final mm. always wins now the Joe Marsden medal. So, yep. a valet, um, James, uh, Joe Marsden, because, uh, yeah, you're a big contributor to this game and, um, you know, acknowledged as, as such. Mm. Hey, uh, we've got a lot of text messages coming through. The hot topics are going off. We'll do that in a second. But now it's time for Warren's Rant. Everybody was kung fu Let's go, blogger. Go, Susie. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a message for three groups in this whole debate. And we'll start with each one and we'll have a simple message for each one. First of all, to the FFA and David Gallup specifically. As a professional sports administrator, you need to actually 
put your colours to the mast and support the game you're administering. You can't just be an administrator without passion. This is a time where you need to show passion for the game. That's number one. Tick. Number two, to active fan groups. You use the word active almost to demonstrate that you have greater ownership over the game. You don't. As active fans, you need to be aware of the fact you carry responsibility and are the face of all supporters. You need to acknowledge that within your groups, there are people within your groups that are behaving completely unacceptably. Discipline them, your, discipline them yourselves rather than have the excuse of somebody disciplining them for you. Number two. How are you getting home tonight? <laughs> Stay here. Number two. He's in lockdown, that was Carlos. Two. He's in lockdown. Number three. <laughs> number three. To people that want to write about the game, I would have thought that the starting point for writing is actually going. If it's not going, don't write. Go, then write. Because you know what? Yep. The bottom line is, as a football fan... I want to be able to take my daughter to the game every week as an 11-year-old and let her watch it and enjoy it. And the Aaron Moyes and the Barishas of the world will be understood and loved for their talent, not the stuff that's periphery to the game. That's my rant. This is wow. the Four Diego's right, on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. The secret to being a coach is to keep the six guys who hate you from the six guys who are undecided. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday night here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Uh, we're in the middle of the Q&A and uh, nice rant there, Warren, getting a few text messages. Um, I think no, you're stunned. not. We're not, actually. We, <laughs> I just, uh, you're a little bit stunned. You stunned everyone. But uh, the hot topic tonight was all about... Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo, the active supporter groups are all <laughs> in right. getting in their cars right now. <laughs> no, don't say <laughs> that. Too, too no, don't say that, Vinny no, Venezuela. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Because we've got, gee, love. I love, we've got uh, your G. I Love This Game segment coming up mm. uh, very, very, very shortly. So uh, let's hope you're ready for that um, coming <laughs> up very soon. Hey, um, the hot topic tonight was all about in Ange We Trust. Um, yes. Yes, of course, Ange was uh, awarded the Coach of the Year in the Asian Confederation at the recent AFC Awards. And uh, I'm suggesting out there that Ange Postacoglu right now is already our greatest ever coach. He's won. He's got us to a World Cup. <laughs> he was plucky there. And that's enough. Just going to a World Cup and being plucky, that's okay. Turning and, around that squad, Carlos, yes, uh, and he, getting he, something out of nothing. He's, that's, he's that's what, turned those kids yep, around. And, uh, and And also they won the Asian Cup. Too. Winning so something I'm, is I'm important. Saying, I'm saying right now mm. that he is our greatest ever coach. Qualify your uh, own the hot team. Topic, the hot topic is uh, I'm asking our listeners out there what they think. Yeah, 0433981116. Aussie Goose, uh, but Ange closing fast. Jeff in New South Wales, Rally Rasic, uh, mm. coached a bunch of cab drivers, True. roof tilers, bank tellers to a World Cup when only 16 countries qualified, Jeff a in Blacksland. Absolutely, Jeff. Great nomination. So the you're only taking thing is, it back then, Carlos? No, no, not at all. Uh, the, the thing is, Rally Rasic wasn't his fault. He was the old Soccer Australia or football, uh, what was it called back then? Anyway, Australian Soccer Federation or something it was called. They just cut him because he, he was actually quite an outspoken guy. After that 74 World Cup, they didn't use him again. So it was actually quite a short stint, except you know with the, with the lead-up to the World Cup and the World Cup. But uh, Ange, I think, will do a couple of uh, probably rotations. He's already done one plus the Asian Cup. So that's why I'm suggesting 
that Ange is probably just ahead of Rally now, and he'll probably go away from him when he gets us to the Russia 2018 World Cup. Can you imagine Ange just because we know he's a listener? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, can you imagine yeah. him just shaking his head? Yeah, don't guys. Yeah, you know, settle down. Don't put guys, the mozzie you know, on me. You know yeah. the way he talks. Yeah. We don't. We don't. There's no to- tall poppy syndrome here in the Diego. Yeah, no. Um, and all Diesel George says, I'm waiting for more poetry about female journos that write uh, <laughs> not such good stuff about a sport they know nothing about. Yeah, we I'll, should play that again. Yeah, I'll, I'll be your wingman, <laughs> Susie O'Brien. Yes. Really impressed with uh, Di Pietro today. Measured yes. response and hit the nail on the head. Uh, you talked about that a little bit, uh, Warren. I liked your rant and agree with you 200%. Yeah. That's Stephen in Richmond. So uh, He's not related to me too. I need to get that. He's, I don't know Stephen, so that's good. Thanks, I, Steve. I would love all the CEOs. Imagine the impact if all the CEOs had a press conference led by Anthony DiPretro. Oh, he's the chairman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and all of them in the same room, at the same bench, and all completely condemn the newspaper reports, it would put the FFA to shame, number one, and secondly, powerful message from each A-League club in each no, I think, uh, I think each coming region. from the chairman, it yeah. was really powerful yeah. because because the CEO spoke yeah. um, on Hungary's show, but um, Kevin Bartlett's show, yeah. and um, and then the chairman came out, and, yeah. and I thought he was... He's fantastic. He was very, very good. It would be like that. Remember the cartoon show, The Hall of Justice, when you had Superman, Batman, <laughs> and they're all there. <laughs> It was on Saturday mornings. They're all there. It would be yep. all those all those uh, CEOs coming out yep. in their club strips. Yep. So and a cape. Yep. Just talking yeah. it up. And on the, and the underwear on the outside. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we think of beauty. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about Ange. He's a legend, of course. But Tim Cale's a legend, and he was on um, um, the, the run home tonight with Marco and Ox. And uh, Pickles has said that he was listening to that. It was gravitating listening. Yeah. Um, he inspires <laughs> all Australians, no matter what codes you follow. He he is a statesman. Yeah. He's here pub, um, uh, promoting his book. Yeah, of course, but, yeah, but um, Tim's only Tim. Tim knows not to get too political. Oh, he, he, he certainly he didn't slam. That question. He didn't slam the FFA. He didn't yeah. slam the clubs. Didn't slam the fans. Everyone still thinks he's fantastic. He brought it back to the game. Go yeah. to the game to yeah. watch the game. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for Vinnie Venezuela's. Do you love this game segment? The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinnie Venezuela's. Do you love this game segment? Yes, uh, it's it's introduce reintroduce the uh, global scene here with Vinny Venezuela and uh, Vinny. Um, what morsels have you got for us tonight? Uh, look, uh, the big three, the Ballon d'Or nominations. They are, of course, Lionel Messi, the monoed mono named Neymar. <laughs> he doesn't have a first or a second or a middle name. Neymar, it's that Brazil thing. Yeah. Yeah. On his birth no, on his birth certificate, you have a few names. Yeah, I thought Neymar's Brazilian for tax evasion, perhaps. No? Well, Lionel Messi, is that Argentinian? Yeah, yeah I think it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> They're right, both. Have they got the same yeah. accountant? I'm not sure. And uh, Geld 1, CR7, obviously, uh, are the, the front runners. But uh, the, the man with the odds, the odds on favourite is uh, Messi. They reckon that he's going to take it out. And uh, Ronaldo feels that there's no reason to uh, expect an upset. And he's gone out and he said, to be honest... I think Messi, that good-for-nothing overrated gel-free pipsqueak, <laughs> is going to win this year because this kind of trophy, it depends on votes. You win competitions, you win the Champions League, you win the league, you win the league. In terms of individual, I did probably the best season of my career, which is good. And I was the highest scorer in Europe and made a cool movie about me. But it's all about votes. And everybody loves him because he hasn't got a garage full of sports cars. And if you saw my movie, even my kid loves him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he's pretty much given up that one. Uh, in, I, uh, in unconfirmed for reports, there, Vinny? Yeah, well, that's what he spoke. <laughs> yeah. We emailed. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we email regularly now. So, Vinny, it's uh, Neymar da Silva Santos Jr. And he's just collapsed it all. Well, can yeah, I ask a, a semi-serious question? How far away are we from the baton of Ballon d'Ors being handed over to the next generation of players? And I would have thought that... So Massimo Longo? No, I would have thought that Neymar and even Luis Suarez could, come could have actually, on their performance in the last 12 months, could have almost won the, the competition. Now, I'm not sure, are we going to get to that point? I'm not, I'm not While saying, they're playing, yeah, not are saying, we going to have yeah. somebody yep. knock off those two to win the Ballon d'Or? I think Neymar will come close. I think that yeah. um, if he hadn't given his shirt away in the World Cup at <laughs> halftime, <laughs> people would have given him the nod already. Well, remember yeah. he had, he hurt himself in the That's he right. hurt himself yep. in the World Cup. Didn't play in the in the game that. You know, people, rocked Brazil. People, people were crying in, in the streets in Brazil. We yeah. were walking through the streets. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just crying. He, and I know like, Suarez I know Suarez's World Cup performance was not great. No. But since then, no you yeah, know, Messi's Suarez, been injured. No, yeah. oh, I don't Suarez know. and Neymar haven't been as consistent yet. I mean, Suarez at Liverpool was probably a chance, but yeah. uh since then, he's, he's he's sort of on his on the up. So yeah. maybe Vinny, next year Vinny, he'd be a he's angling. Warren is angling yeah. for Coutinho to be the next <laughs> blonde door. Yeah, maybe Winner. if we mix Coutinho with Firmino, <laughs> that one player might be getting in the reckoning. Yeah. But we've got to be close to a hand to uh, a handover to the next generation. I, I think there's I think there's daylight between those guys and the next generation. Yeah. Squally. Now, uh, Rafa Benitez, a rotator, he's been in the news lately because he's <laughs> under the pump. He's uh, dismissed reports that he's got a poor relationship with James Rodriguez. Hummes. Hummes Rodriguez, that's mm. right. And he said pretty much he has poor relationships with everyone these days. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing, there's no truth to that rumour. He did say, though, that uh, there is no problem. He's a great player because he's been out with a thigh injury. The more he trains and plays, the closer he'll be to the James that we all know and love. So yeah. that's good. That's a plus. And then speaking of love, uh, Rafa then went on to Kareem Benzema, who's under investigation yes, for, uh, for for a sex video he made with uh, Matthew Valbuena. Yeah. And uh, he said of, of that, he said, he's a fundamental, of Benzema, he said, he's a fundamental player for us up front and makes those around him better. I support Kareem as a person and I'm delighted with him as a footballer. As a filmmaker, however, <laughs> I'm not a fan of his love for the close-up or the prong shot. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, yeah, nice one. Thank you very much, Vinny. How about Frank? Frank, how's Frank? <laughs> Can you do a bit of a Fronk. update on Frank? We'll have to talk. Frank's been low key, he's learned his lesson, yeah. Carlos. Has yeah. he learned his lesson? I mean, yeah, is he still I, under investigation he, for the <laughs> underage stuff that we're going <laughs> It's a long investigation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. He might be. He mm. may have been probed himself. I don't yes. know. Enough talk about enough talk about prongs here. Thank yeah. you very much there, Vinny Venezuela. Gee, you love that game. <laughs> this game. And, uh, hey, boys, uh, thank you very much. We'll do that again next week uh, on Wednesday night, of course, here with the Four Diegos. Hey, uh, coming off the text messages, Ange would have to be the best coach. Gus was good, but he did have our golden generation. Ange has done it with a squad which uh, would lose by at least four goals to the 06 squad. There I'm not sure about that, but mm. uh, but uh, Gus was only here for about five minutes too. By the way, he didn't even, didn't even take us through the whole qualification. Took us on the uh, just in the so edge did of the. So did a similar job Ange did really? 
No, well, no, he took partially over. qualified a team. He took us over, I think it was the last qualifier in Oceania, then he had the games against uh, Uruguay, and then he take, took us to the World Cup. I think what Hus said uh, was that he won over the psychology of, of players that yeah. were playing at, at, the, at, at a very high level at that time and needed a snap in their shorts, and he mm. gave it to them. I think what Ange has done, he's sort of uh, instilled a younger group that's still on, it, on the cusp of, of, yeah. of great Who still listen to him. I mean, I don't yeah. know if the 06 group would have listened to Ange because uh, they would have looked at no. Ange and said, well, mate, you haven't, you haven't coached overseas, so you're not important to us. Mm. Uh, it's, it's that sort of uh, dressing room dynamic. But with, with the team that Ange had, with the exception of Timmy Cale, of course, um, with that team, they're all young guys and they would have walked over broken glass for Ange mm. in that World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, couple, there's a lot of nominations here for uh, Hus Hiddink. Uh, given Hus's uh, coaching record post-Socceroos, sacked by Russia, uh, for failing to qualify for Euros and uh, World Cup failing uh, to qualify for Holland for next year's Euro. Did uh, Gus hold us back? Oh, I don't think so. Um, and Stephen in Richmond, uh, Gus is the best coach for Australia. And some nominations here for Mehmet Durakovic. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Hey, let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll uh, talk to Mike McGrath, Everything UK, on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. What do you say to a Leeds United player in a three-piece suit? Will a defendant please stand up? Jeez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. Coming up after the Diego's, it's all-night appetite, and I see Benny Jones just uh, walking around the studio, so I'm, I'm tipping it's Benny Jones tonight. Looking Benny forward had to his it. own rant today too, by the way. Well, yeah, that, that uh, it went viral. The rant. <laughs> a viral rant. Yes. Um, well, let's hope he, he maintains let's the rage. He, Benny, make sure you uh, replay mm-hmm. that uh, later on because it was excellent rage. Yeah, I respect most of what he says except for the fact he's an Arsenal fan. So <laughs> that means that I disrespect him. Vinny's been on Twitter as we uh, do the show. Vinny Venezuela, what is our Twitter um, address? It's at 4 Diego's uh, Rodrigo. Good. Yeah, you did it's that beautifully. <laughs> so it's all about practice. It's all about <laughs> practice. I throw to Vinny. He's on it. He's nailing it. Hey, let's uh, go to the UK and catch up with our man who we love uh, talk, speaking with on a uh, Wednesday night our time, Mike McGrath from The Sun. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hey guys. Yes. Hi, good. Guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, our pleasure. My, uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez here. We've got uh, Vinny Venezuela, Warren Diego and uh, Carlos Alberto Diego. Warren wants to ask you the first question. Yeah, Mike. Jamie Vardy. I mean, I'd like to get a sense of how much his performance is being celebrated over there because I think it deserves to be. And I, I wonder... Because he's not a rude Van Nistelrooy in terms of name before this, is it is it you know seen as maybe a, not a fluke is the wrong word, but you know more there at the right time sort of stuff. Where where is his performance being recognised in terms of comparison to other great strikers? I suppose. Yeah, it, it's been a really big story over here. Um, we we've had a big weekend um, in terms of winning the Davis Cup and also Titan Fury in boxing. So there's been a lot of coverage about great Brits, and Vardy has been kind of mentioned among among those celebrated names because it is a really big achievement and it has been uh, recognised. But also, I think that people are really warm to what is um, you know a, a real rags to riches stories. Uh, you know, for him, he's um, yeah he's come from non-league football and shown. I think throughout the what, what he's shown with the goals is that they they haven't been it hasn't been a fluke. You know, as you mentioned, I think 
people might might have said that at the start of the season when he was banging in a few, but now I think the all-round quality of the goals kind of shows what he's about because they've been all sorts of goals. I mean, they've all been in the penalty area. That's the type of player he is, but all sorts in terms of left foot, right foot, header, poacher goals, um, or running at defenders. So it's been a yeah, it's been a, a massive football story over here um, over the weekend. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, now, with with James Vardy, uh, a lot of the goals, you study his goals, he seems to have a lot of room all the time. You'd think after, what, uh, 14 games straight or whatever the the, the, uh, the the run of goals per game has been, that uh, that a lot of the you know top-line defenders he's up against would actually keep more of an eye on him. He just seems like he makes a lot of space for himself. And you said he scores a lot in the, in the penalty area, which is even more meritorious because uh, that's where you got le- the, the sort of the, the, the less room to, to work in. Yeah, I think there's, there's a couple of things really. First is his pace, which I think is, it, it was deceptive how quick he was. I think people are wising up to it now. But I also think there's probably that lack of respect that in general clubs have for uh, players yeah, for, for players from smaller clubs and then maybe from players who don't come through the academy system, um, Vardy wasn't at Chelsea or uh, Man U and then went down and and um, and worked his way up. He was in non-league football after getting released at Sheffield Wednesday, a very young age, and as you know, he he could easily be playing conference football right now. I think sometimes if it's um, you know if it's a player like. Luis Suarez, who scored uh, 10 in 10, you'd probably double up on him. But even now, I think he probably is only just starting to get that respect from uh, defenders and clubs. Mike, uh, Vinny here. Can we just talk about Arsenal for a sec? Uh, They're not winning the games they should be winning, and they're getting key players injured during those games that they're not winning. Um, What's uh, the, the vibe like over there? Yeah, really, really disappointing after making such you know great strides earlier on in the season, and it unfortunately it seems like the same old story. And particularly, I think the injuries are so frustrating. Um, the key players, Jack Wilshere, we haven't seen for so long, and now Sanchez, we won't see until maybe Christmas time. Um, it, I, I generally think that Wenger's probably got to start looking at something that he's doing in training because it keeps on happening. And not only that, I think this is a great season in terms of the chance to win the league. Even City, I mean, City have got the best squad and even they've stumbled at times. So I think Arsenal have got a great chance of winning this year, but they're going to have to have a massive January in terms of reinforcing and they're going to have to get these players fit, which seems to be, you know, it seems easier said than done uh, given their track record. Now, Mike, at the other end of the table, um, Aston Villa. Now, I get a sense that they're they're pretty much almost destined to go down. You can't continue to play as poorly as they did. And even at home against Watford on the weekend, a game that you would have thought they must have won, they've already pulled the card of sacking a manager. Is And I know that they've been in the Premier League for every year that the Premier League's been in existence. What do you think they do? Are they going to try and fight it through the January transfer window or is there a sense of inevitability that they might just accept it to to come back up? I mean, personally, I think there's a sense of inevitability about it. I, I thought Remy Gard 
it, you know, regardless of it being a really positive start and nil-nil against um, City, I, I still think it was a bizarre decision to go for somebody like him untested in the Premier League. Just look what Big Sam's done at, at Sunderland. It's uh, you know he's just pulled a couple of wins out of nowhere, and suddenly things are looking good for Sunderland. That comes from an experienced manager working with you know the rubbish that was there before he arrived. And I just don't think Remy Gard has got that about him. He might prove me wrong. He might be this um, you know this Arsene Wenger Mark II, which Villa seems to think he is. Um, I don't think he's got enough quality there to work with anyway. Um, so. I mean, it hasn't been out of the question to sack two managers in a season and try and get out that way. But, I mean, it just seems desperate. And to me, it seems inevitable. And it might be another twist. But to me, I, I think they look they look really, you know, they've gone really. Mike, it's a really uh, interesting move. There's breaking news that Gary Neville has been appointed uh, the coach, the head coach of Valencia in Spain for the rest of the season. That, that matters to us because Matty Ryan, uh, the goalkeeper of Valencia, is an Aussie. He's doing really well over there as a young goalkeeper. Interesting choice of Gary Neville, given that he's not managed uh, you know, at, in his own right at the top level in England, and then his first really you know head coaching role now is in Spain. Yeah, it's a, a... Yeah, really interesting for us as well. Because obviously he's in the backroom staff of England. Um, Roy Hodgson has already come out and said it's not going to impact on his England duties. Um, so you know, obviously uh, we want England to do well over here, and hopefully it won't impact on that. But um, I've got to say, you know, to to take a massive club like uh, Valencia after not having a a managerial job at all is it's a massive shock. So it, obviously there is um, questions about the about what Peter Lim, you know, the relationship between Peter Lim, the owner of Valencia, and the owner of Salford over here, um, and Neville. It's probably a relationship there that he trusts Neville um, and Phil, his brother, who's assistant. Um, but still a massive shock, you know, to somebody to get that job, um, you know, you, you probably wouldn't expect him to take a job from one of the big five or six clubs at the moment uh, in England, but, he, but he's landed it in Spain. So it's going to be a big test for him in all, all senses of um, his skills, uh, especially the language barrier. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting. He starts next week against Leon, and, and we'll, you know, be, be hoping he does well. Here in the Four Diego's, we're speaking with Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Hey, Mike, um, Jurgen Klopp, uh, I'll, I'll speak about Liverpool, Warren. Um, Good on you, Rodrigo. He's been talking about momentum, or he's, well, he's downplayed the talk about momentum, but, uh, you know, they, eight, what, eight days, three games, they've had three wins. Um, you've got to call that momentum, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably, uh, I, I remember at Stamford Bridge after the win, um, which kind of got overshadowed a bit by kind of Mourinho imploding. But uh, one of the foreign journalists asked him, you know, are you title contenders? And um, he, you know, had a massive that German grin on his face and said, you know, I think you're crazy. Um, and I just think he's doing it the right way at the moment and playing down any kind of thoughts of, right, we're definitely going to be in the top four or, you know, we're definitely going to compete for the title. And he's doing it very in in the right way without making much of a fuss and things are happening there. Um, 
And I, I think I'd be optimistic if I was a Liverpool um, a Liverpool fan. They'll they'll do some stuff in the in January, um, bolster probably the defence, and you know along with Klopp's work ethic and what he gets out of the players, I, I think they're they're among the better teams in the league at the moment. Now, Mike, we know that uh, you know you're a professional that doesn't like to show who you barrack for or anything, but we know you love Spurs. Uh, and I've seen it. I've seen it for myself when I was over there. You just love the place. You gush whenever you walk into the White Hart Lane. There, thirteen games unbeaten so far this season. Do you dare at all to to think that they could go all the way? Well, well, it's funny you say that. You know that that I love Spurs. But I tell you what, since Bale left, without being a glory hunter, there has been a bit of a a lull there, and it's only this season, maybe at the back end of last season when Kane was knocking in the goals that he kind of felt that uh, that that kind of urgency there and that something good is happening again um, and yeah, I think I think that Pochettino is doing a fantastic job. I think the only uh, obstacles between Spurs and success now is their kind of year-on-year problem is whether they can keep Kane they're making the right signs that they can, um, and then whether they can keep Pochettino because he, to me, looks destined for a really big job in football, whether it's in Spain or in England. He he could definitely go higher than Spurs as much as it pains me to say that. He seems like an imp- impressive guy, Mike. That sounds like uh, yes, Carlos. I think. Uh, he can see them go all the way. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, well, it, they, all they need to do is keep going. So, hey, thanks for your time as always. Where are you off to this weekend? Well, um, you know, the Premier League doesn't do a winter break, but I am. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be off and I'm going to go um, away somewhere with uh, my other half. Yeah, where, where are you going, Mike? <laughs> Mallorca? Everyone <laughs> goes to Mallorca, don't York. they? Ibiza? <laughs> New York, he said. New York? <laughs> you go to New York, Mike. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a Premier League uh, free zone just for one weekend, and then we will get back and um, and find out uh, where the title's going, and also who England are going to play in the Euros uh, when I get back as well. It'll be exciting. You're obviously, off the trainee wages, which is really great. They're looking after you. It's only a weekend in New York. That's fantastic. You deserve it. Have a very good time, Mike. You and your beloved. Yeah, guys. There you go, there's Mike McGrath. <laughs> Off to New York. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Former Manchester United star, womaniser and self-proclaimed alcoholic George Best once said of Paul Gascoigne, he's accused of being arrogant, unable to cope with the press and a boozer. Sounds like he's got a chance to me. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. Definitely coming around the home stretch now. All Night Appetite with Benny Jones coming up very, very soon from 12 till 6. Central Coast Mariners take on Melbourne City FC boys. Tomorrow night too. Yes. Um, What do you think, They win, I believe. That's all I'll say. They'll win win there on the Thursday night because it won't be as hot. 
won't be as muggy. They'll be they fine. win, yeah. I believe. And Melbourne victory go to Wellington Phoenix um, and take Ooh. on the Phoenix. I'm Don't sure play well that, over that's there. Not, Danger it's not in game. Wellington either, Danger by the way. Game. Yeah, that's it, it. It's good to lose one game. That's it for this one. week's show. We'll be back next Wednesday. So remember, Cuddleosh. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever there are fruit girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever Gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. We are the Fortiegos. Olé. Olé.